21. Hey, Tyler. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, dude. I'm good. I I didn't want this uh, month to pass by without without doing this very special episode with you. Um, I thought it was critical, uh, not critical, crucial that we do uh, our tribute to Black History Month, which is the month of February. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler and I were discussing this and Tyler and me. No, me and Tyler, right? I have no idea anymore. Mr. Hayes said it's one way. I forgot what he said. So check this out. The way I learned this, and this is, you know what, dude, 36 seconds into the episode and we're already teaching, uh, having a teachable moment. So the way I learned it is you're supposed to take the other person out of the sentence and see if it makes sense that it's I or me. So that's interesting. Yeah. So Tyler and I were discussing, so it would be, I were discussing. So it's me and Tyler instead of Tyler and I. Because if I took you out of it, it couldn't be I were discussing, right? Yeah. So it's me and Tyler were discussing. Yeah. So you see, a minute and six seconds in, you guys have already learned something new. It just always oh, sounds grammar. rude. Yeah, but it always sounds rude to say, you know, me and Tyler, right? Yeah, I get. Yeah. You know, and it sounds fancier yeah, when you're it. like Tyler and I. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you sound like a snotty douche. Yeah, yeah. Tyler and I over caviar were discussing. Oh, yes. was <laughs> nice today. So we're going to hang up our top hats. We're going to take off the monocles. Um, and we're going to dive right into the category of Black History Month. This is our 21, uh, 21th, right? <laughs> 21st. Uh, it is the, it's the 21th episode. It's, it's the 21th episode. <laughs> the 21th <laughs> episode. We're going to do this as respectfully as possible, but still keep it lighthearted. Hopefully you'll learn something new. Hopefully uh, you'll get a little bit of insight. Um, we're going to try to not be controversial. Tyler, don't offend anyone for the love of God, dude. I I will not. I promise for the once time, I will not offend anyone <laughs> for the once time. I like it, dude. Why can't things be the 21th time? Right? I don't know. It's, this is stupid. The English language is crap. I hate it. Tyler and I hate <laughs> it. And me and Tyler hate <laughs> it. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to discuss. There really is a lot to discuss. Um, as as we were crafting this episode, you know, Tyler, you know, we 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 go back and forth on a lot. There's a lot that that really goes into making these episodes. I know it sounds really slapped together and we're not the most professional people in the world, but there is a lot that goes into this. We discuss topics, ideas. There's a lot, a lot of back and forth before this hits your ears, right? Mm-hmm. Most so definitely. so with that being said, um, this episode kind of reads like a giant they say because there's a lot of facts. There's a lot of facts. But oh, yeah. uh, just bear with us. I mean, this is going to be fun. Uh, let's learn something. So Black History Month. Um, here we go. Black History Month honors the contributions of American of African-Americans to U.S. history. Among prominent figures are Madam C.J. Walker, who was the first U.S. woman to become a self-made millionaire. Not just first uh, African American, she was the first woman to become a self-made millionaire. Uh, that's still a big deal. That's still to be a, big a woman deal. and a self-made millionaire. It, it is. It really is. Um, George Washington Carver, who derived nearly three hundred products from peanut, including including peanut butter. So that guy's my hero, mm. my personal hero. Uh, Rosa Parks, who sparked the Montgomery uh, boycott and galvanized the civil rights movement, and Shirley Chisholm was the first African-American woman elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. Nice. Um, 
It began as a way of remembering important people and events in the history of African-American diaspora. It is celebrated in the month of February in the United States and Canada, while in Ireland and the Netherlands and the United Kingdom, it is observed in October, which is a little bit, I, I don't know, I, it's not weird because everyone has their own thing, but why can't we be uniform on something like that, right? I Agreed. I, I don't get it. Like the whole world just say, hey, uh, February, hey, October, let's 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 figure that out, guys. It's 2021. Let's 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 lock down a date <laughs> for these people and give them, you know, their 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 justice and what they deserve. And let's do it uniform. Let's do it nicely in a nice way. Absolutely. Um, black History Month was first proposed by black educators and the black United States. I'm sorry, United Students at Kent State University in February of 1969. Uh, the first celebration of Black History Month took place at Kent State one year later, from January 2nd to February 28th, 1970. Was that the same year as the shooting at Kent State? Um, Hang on. That's a terrifying coincidence if it is. I don't know. Is it? Let me. Uh, oh, Kent State shooting was in 70. Was it February uh, yeah. 28th, 1970? Uh, let's see. Anywhere between January 2nd and February 28th? Uh, no, uh, May 4th. Oh, okay. Okay. So at least, at least they, you know, at least they they, went from one thing to the other. Yeah, really. That's, that's quite a jump. Um, six years later, black history month was being celebrated all across the country in educational institutions, centers of black culture and community centers, both great and small. When president Gerald Ford recognized black history month in 1976 during the celebration of the United States bicentennial. He urged Americans to seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. Um, In the black community, Black History Month was met with enthusiastic response. It prompted the creation of black history clubs and increased to an an increase in interest. Sorry, dude, try saying that five times fast. (laughs) Try it. Yeah, an increase in interest among teachers. And interest from progressive whites. Uh, Lastly on this, on February 21st, 2016, 106-year-old Washington, D.C. resident and school volunteer Virginia McLaurin visited the White House as part of the Black History Month. When asked by the president why she was there, McLaurin said, a black president, a black wife, and I'm here to celebrate black history. That's what I'm here for. So, all right. That's that's Black History Month in a nutshell. Um, that's in a nutshell. That's, that's the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we we tried, you know, to, to just cram it all in there. I mean, so there's your five-minute fact on what Black History Month is and when it is celebrated in the U.S., Canada, and random places in the world that celebrate it all throughout time, which is very strange. There we go. Nice job. Yeah, man. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people to to talk about. I mean, there's they're they're oh a very God, yeah. very dude. They're a very accomplished people. Honestly, like when you look at the list, like they're all things against them, and mm-hmm. they have massive massive uh, uh, barriers and hurdles to 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 cover. Um, they really accomplish so much. I mean, absolutely. I, I have I have four pages of facts, man. Like this is oh my God, <laughs> freaking bananas. And some are- dude. And some, I'm sure, are a bit controversial. Some are a bit controversial. I wanted to actually get the most controversial one right out of the way, if you don't mind. Um, Which one you got in mind? So everyone knows, or most people know about Rosa Parks. Mm -hmm. Um, What few people know 
is the story of Claudette Colvin, C-O-L-V-I-N. When she was 15, she refused to move to the back of the bus and give up her seat to a white person. This is nine months before Rosa Parks did the very same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was doing research about why, why she didn't receive the same attention as Rosa Parks. I mean, why is Rosa Parks a household name when this person did it uh, so much earlier and at such a young age? You know, she was 15 years old. Right. Um, it, this is the part that's a little bit controversial and I don't want to offend anyone. Again, I'm just reading facts, so don't get mad at me. That's it's, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's written in history. It's written in history. So Claudette Colvin, again, C-O-L-V-I-N for anyone looking to do a little bit more research. Uh, Colvin did not receive the same attention as Rosa Parks for a number of reasons. She did not have good hair, which culturally it's, have you heard about this Tyler? What about their hair? About, about having good hair. Have you heard that phrase? Have you, do you know anything about that? No, there's a really good, uh, documentary. It's a docu movie. Cause it's not really a documentary mm. and it's not really a movie. Um, so they split it up into dramatic uh, dramatizations and interviews. So, so it's 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 a one part thing. It's just it's just an easy to watch thing. Uh, Chris Rock um, basically hosts it, and good hair in in you know culturally speaking to them, it's straight hair. It's you know down. It's not it's not frizzy or nappy or however you wanna you know however people would categorize it. Um, it's 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 a series. It's not a series. It's like a little movie called Good Hair, and it's with Chris Rock. I don't remember where it's streaming. Uh, try Netflix for that one. It's called Good so Hair. Is it, is it is Good Hair? Is it like natural hair or like a wig or a weave or something? Also, be it, it would be a wig. It would be a weave, and it would be it would be treated hair. Okay, it would be treated okay. hair. So it's a big deal culturally. I didn't realize how big culturally. It, how big of a deal it is, man. Until I saw yeah. that, that, that movie by Chris Rock. I mean, you'll see it. It's, it's just crazy, man. They have, yeah, they have like two year old kids getting like, like hot press perms to have straight hair. And it's, oh you know, my God. Yeah. Putting product in their hair that like burns the scalp, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of product. And it's, it's just, it's not hard to watch, but it's a little bit heartbreaking because you see people, you know, in this day and age, uh, Tyler, yeah, please take a look. It's called Good Hair. I'm looking up uh, Nat King Cole because he I know he had treated hair and I'm assuming that's what this good hair, uh, you know, sort of thing so, was. So when you watch that, that, that uh, mo- little movie, Good Hair, you see people like, um, um, what's his name? Nat King Cole. Not Nat King Cole, the the Reverend Jesse Jackson. You see, uh, oh, okay. You see, uh, James Brown. James Brown was like mm-hmm. big, big on it. You know, he mm-hmm. had like he had his hair looking fabulous all the time. You know, Little Richard. Little Richard, yeah. Like, there's so many people. There's so many. Al, oh Al, Al Sharpton is in there. Everyone is mm-hmm. in there. It's just so interesting how how hair is such a big deal. You know. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, so she didn't have uh Claudette Colvin didn't have good hair. She was not fair skinned. She was, you know, a little bit darker. Uh she was a teenager and she was pregnant. So she was 15 and she was pregnant. 
Oh my God. So the leaders of the civil right movement tried to keep up appearances and make the most appealing protesters the most seen. Um, oh. To me, that's... I, dude, I don't know if it's a good move or a bad move. I mean, it, obviously it was the right move because Rosa Parks, you know, did did really kind of spark this all up, you know, jumpstart it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's imagine if Rosa Parks didn't do what Rosa Parks did, you know, it was a squandered opportunity because this, you know, young uh, black girl didn't get up, you know, it it, it was almost a squandered opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, because she would have gotten no recognition. You know, I, I, you know, I'm shamed to admit it. I've never heard her name before, before doing this research. Never. No. Um, yeah, it's there, a shame. It it is, it is, you know. But I, I understand, you know, when you're trying to lead a movement, things like that, you do want to put the the easiest to market person front and center, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you want a hero, and it, it's it's awkward if your hero is 15 years old and pregnant, and you know, it's I I understand not exactly. It's not exactly the ideal poster child, I guess. Or yeah, literally, not the ideal poster child. Yeah, yeah, really. It's it's not as wholesome as as Rosa Parks. Right. Um there's there's so much to go over, dude. I'm just I'm but look trying at us now. I mean but we have like Greta Thunberg. That might actually work today. I mean, hopefully we don't have to have <laughs> you know, like a big, you know, civil rights thing yet again, even though I can't I guess we kind of just did. But um in in a way, yeah. It's possible we can have a child as a spokesperson. And and I wanted to you know just touching up on on the the actual movement and everything. I'm just and and really I'm trying to stay as non controversial as possible. And I think I've said this lightly in the past. Um, this is my my idea completely. No one let Tyler go down in flames with me. The fact that there is and has to be a Black History Month. The fact that there has to be a Women's Month and a Women's Day and all these things. To me personally, it's it's really upsetting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really want to give, you know, credit and praise. There are a lot of noteworthy people, but the fact that people ever, ever had to fight to be equal, not better than, but equal to the person on their left and right and receive any kind of recognition to me is shameful as a society. It's disheartening. It, it's absolutely disheartening because, you know, I mean, just it's, it's, it's kind of like Neanderthal thinking that the color of a person's skin or the sex of a person matters enough to think that you're any kind of smarter than them, better than them, prettier than them in any way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that to me, and I was thinking of a way to say it, you know, and I almost didn't want to say it at all because I don't want people to read it the wrong way, but I, I hate that we have to have, um, events marking, certain people and certain people's accomplishments or certain people's, you know what I mean? But as, as a race, not as a person, yeah. as an individual, I mean, all these, all these people, I mean, look, a self-made millionaire, uh, eminent scientists, Supreme court justice, all these people in their own right should be praised because she was the first millionaire. You know what I mean? He was a Supreme court justice. All these people deserve praise for that, not for being black and being that, but just for being a person and achieving that. Yeah, you know, and I and I really hope that 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 reads the way I I mean for it to read it, you know. And if I offend anyone, I apologize. That's I I I, I got I, it. I know it's 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 dangerous waters, but yes, I I think you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll leave it at that before it gets too crazy. 
your James Bond jumping over like the uh, the crocodiles. <laughs> yeah, really. So I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. You know, while I still am ahead of myself before I put my foot too far in my own mouth. Um, <laughs> there's the NAACP, which uh, mm. it was spurred by growing racial uh, violence in the early 20th century, and particularly by the 1908 race riots in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, a group of African-American leaders joined together to form a new permanent civil rights organization, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, which is the NAACP. They're still around. They're still kicking ass. They're still doing big, big things till today, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a few a few prominent names I just wanted to talk about. I have a list, and, and these are really, again, these are people who I want. I want them to be praised in their own right. So... Um, heavyweight champion uh, Jack Johnson was the first African American man to hold the world heavyweight champion uh, boxing title in 1908, and he held onto that title until 1915. Which, which again, wow! Forget, forget <laughs> the a fact, long time. That's what I'm saying. So forget the fact that he's you know black or 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 you know in in springfield uh illinois forget any forget anything the guy held the freaking title for seven years that's massive i mean that's a crazy that's, thing that is very impressive <laughs> right Good um, for him. yeah supreme court justice thurgood marshall which i found out mm-hmm. is my brother's hero i i didn't know that um how long supreme, have you guys known each other uh 32 years ish Oh, I guess I guess that would just pass by. Yeah, it comes up in conversation. I mean, yeah. Tyler, who's your hero? Thurgood Marshall. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> he, he was the first African-American uh, ever appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court. He was appointed by President Lyndon B. Johnson and served on the court from 1967 till 1991. So that's that's a good chunk of change, man. 1967 that's, to 1991. That's service. That that is service. Um, yeah. There was the eminent scientist George Washington Carver. This guy is my mm-hmm. hero, dude. This guy's awesome, <laughs> man. Like honestly, this guy changed my life, dude. Um, he, <laughs> he really he really did. When you think about like the accomplishments of a person, you think about you think about the reach of a person and what they did and how long it, it you know how long their impact lasts. You know. Mm. So George Washington Carver developed three hundred derivative products from peanuts. Among these are cheese. Milk, coffee, flour, ink, dyes, plastics, wood stains, soap, linoleum, medicinal oils, and cosmetics. From so freaking everything you use in daily life. Literally. From freaking like peanuts, everything. man. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. To right? linoleum. To linoleum. Oh, my God. Um, the first senator, uh, Hiram Rhodes Revels. Was the first African American ever elected to the U.S. Senate? He represented the state of Mississippi from February 1870 to March 1871. Um, wow, that's right after. Is that right after Civil War? Uh, it must be. Sure. Let's see. This is <laughs> this is embarrassing. When we we got to look up the Civil War. When did the Civil War end? Uh, it ended 1865. So yeah. Yeah, right after. Yeah, only. <laughs> just you know thousands of days after that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um self-made millionaire madam cj walker this this one this one there's a movie on not a movie it's a it's a series called self-made on netflix it's freaking amazing 
And it's about Madam C.J. Walker. She was born on a cotton plantation in Louisiana and became wealthy after inventing a line of African-American hair care products. She established Madam C.J. Walker Laboratories and was known for her philanthropy. Um, I, I watched, I watched uh, Self Made on Netflix. Dude, it was so good. You know who plays her? Yeah. Um, oh, man. What's, you remember the movie The Help? Yeah. Do you remember oh, the lady uh, that made the shit pie? Um yeah, it's it's uh is she it's is that the heavier lady? It's um, not Viola Davis. No, yeah, no, but is she a heavier woman? She is. It's um yeah, she she is is she the one that won the Oscar for it? She did. Yeah, I You're gonna say her name, I feel so stupid, dude, I swear. Yeah, hang on. Oh, Octavia uh Spencer. Spencer, Spencer yeah. So she plays her dude. It's so good. If if anyone hasn't seen Self Made on Netflix, it's amazing. It's a true story. Um, this lady went from freaking cotton plantation to the first millionaire female in the United States, which is massive. Yeah, absolutely massive. Um, let's see. In 1940, Oscar winner Hattie McDaniel was the first African-American performer to win an Academy Award, the film industry's highest honor for her portrayal of a loyal slave governess in Gone with the Wind. Yeah, that's really not a flattering role. It, it really, like, have you seen Gone? You, you must have seen Gone with the Wind. Uh, I was about to ask you if that movie's any good because I've never seen it, but I know it's massive. That movie is without a doubt the boringest fucking thing ever in the history of cinema. It, Wait, why? Oh my God. It's it's dull and boring. I don't understand. At the time, I get it. It's a big three-hour epic in color, but fuck, is it boring? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So so Mr. Media gives it. Uh, let's see how many thumbs you got. You still have two, right? Yeah. All right. So that's four on this podcast. Four thumbs down. Yeah. Jeez. And okay. All right. And, oh, and you know, I believe she was not allowed to go to the ceremony. No way. I believe that's correct. 1940. I, I believe, yeah, hang on. Hattie McDaniel. T-T-I-E. Yeah, Hattie McDaniel. Yeah, good thing for Google. Um, yeah, Oscar's first black winner accepted her Oscar honor in a segregated no blacks hotel in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Man. Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's fucked up, and it's That's, a role where she had to play a sl- like she was literally a, a what do they call like a, a mammy kind of character. I mean, it's yeah, really a degrading s- character. Slave governess, she was. Yeah, and couldn't even go to the Oscars. Wow, ridiculous! That's really shameful, man. Really shameful. It is shameful. Um, first professional black baseball player on April fifth, nineteen forty-seven, Jackie Robinson. Uh, LA, Do- LA Dodgers zone. Thank you very much. Became the first yeah. African-American to play Major League Baseball when he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers at the time. He led the <laughs> league in stolen bases. That season was named Rookie of the Year. Mm. Um, there was a movie recently called 42, and it's mm-hmm. about Jackie Robinson. It's it's a really... Did, have you seen it? The late, great Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace. Rest yeah. in peace. But yeah, I mean, Jackie Robinson was awesome i mean he he was a phenomenal player a phenomenal mm-hmm. player um Broke the boundaries big time big time 
So first black billionaire with a B, with a B. So excuse us, Madam CJ Walker. We're, we're moving on to billionaires now. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, before Oprah Winfrey and Michael Jordan joined the Billionaires Club, Robert Johnson became the first African-American billionaire when he sold cable station he founded BET in 2001. And I just want to say, uh, I've met this man a few times. He is really? the nicest, nicest gentleman you could possibly meet. Really? He is. He is. Yeah. He, uh, I, I encountered him. He had, uh, I guess, a couple of uh, assistants with him. But each and every time he makes a point to stop what you're what he's doing, shakes your hand, looks you in the eye, and even asks you uh, a question, but says your name as That's awesome. he asks it. And I've in my work, I've encountered rarely anybody who goes above and beyond like that. He's a very, very nice man. Very That's- smart. Everything well deserved. He's very nice. That's so awesome to hear that, man, because, you know, it's, it's so many people are smug and, you know, me and Tyler, we're in Los Angeles and, you know, every other person's an asshole and every other one is decent. And, you know, it's so, it's such a gem to find someone that's that nice. And in his status, I mean, he's a billionaire, dude, that guy doesn't even need to look at you, you know? No. Yeah. Yeah. Good for for him. Is, is he, is he older? He is. I. That's a good question. I wonder how old he is. Um. Yeah. You know. He. He's at least in his seventies by now. Uh. Let's see here. He is. Oops. That's not the right Robert Johnson. <laughs> he is. Uh. Seventy-four years old. Seventy-four. So cool, man. So cool. That's. That's really. What's he do? I mean. That's really cool that you met him, man. That's really cool that you met him. Yeah. He's a good dude. Um. Moving right along here, the first black president in 2008, Barack Obama became the first black president of the United States. History uh, changing. So so me and Tyler were just out of high school when this happened. I mean, we graduated in 2006. This was 2008. Um, this was crazy. This was crazy. Do you, do you remember? Do you like, remember? <laughs> I, I, I remember I remember the hype around Barack Obama. I was like, dude, this guy has to win. This guy has to win. I mean, John McCain, like, rest in peace. Like, Barack Obama had to win. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you remember the, where you were when it was uh, officially called? Ooh. I was. Let's see. I remember I had moved out already um oh yeah oh god yeah yeah you were you were in that first place by that point yeah i was i was in my first apartment i remember when it happened i remember just being like overcome with like uh pride for him you know i was like what a fucking cool thing like what an event man yeah i remember i remember hearing it on tv and my mom was doing laundry in the garage Uh and i when i i announced it i ran out uh, out of the back uh, with excitement. And I flung open the door, scared her half to death. And I told her that he got it. And I remember it was, she broke down crying. She oh, was so I can happy. imagine your mom. I can imagine your mom, man. Like laundry hit the floor. It was just, it was, it was, it changed. It changed history. It was, it's crazy. That was a yeah. historic moment. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. And now, you know, and now we have the first, the first, um, uh, uh, black and female 
vice president. So, you know, they and Indian and and Indian, you know, I her father, I believe, is from Jamaica, right? Uh, don't know. I, I want to say he is, and I, I think because of that, they make it such a point to say she is not African-American. Okay. They Because they, they really do, you know, make it a point. Everyone that says it, they're like, no, that's not right, you know, because her, her father is, is Jamaican, you know, but... um. But yeah, I mean, I mean, that's such a cool thing, you know, and female and black and, and, you know, <laughs> and her husband's president. Jewish too. <laughs> her husband's Jewish. Like Kamala Harris is the United Nations wrapped into two people. That's right. You and know? she's friggin' badass. Another badass. Yeah. Like good for her, man. Like, honestly, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a few more big names I wanted to do, but just a fun one, you know, just a little lighthearted one. Tyler, do you know who the real Betty Boop is? Yes, I, I've seen the picture of of the real Betty Boop. Yeah. So, fun fact to everyone: Betty Boop was based off of a lady named Esther Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, the iconic cartoon character Betty Boop was inspired by black jazz singer in Harlem, introduced by cartoonist Max Fleischer in nineteen. 19- Is it Fleischer? Fleischer, Fleischer yeah. Fleischer, Fleischer. in nineteen thirty. Uh, the caricature of the Jazz Age flapper was the first and most famous sex symbol in animation. Uh, Betty Boop is known for her revealing dress, curvaceous figure, and signature vocals, Boop Oop a Doop. I, di- I, I know I said it monotone like that, but I'm not going to sing it. You all know what I'm Come talking on. about. Yeah, boop, you boop, will. Boop. <laughs> uh, Do the high pitch. You got to end it. I, I can't. Boop. I, that, thank you, Tyler. Tyler with the you assist, will. ladies and gentlemen. Um, while there has been some controversy over the years, the inspiration has been traced back to Esther Jones, who was known as Baby Esther and performed regularly in the Cotton Club during the 1920s. So mm-hmm. Esther Jones is the original OG Betty Boop. I just wanted to throw that into this list because, you know, it, I that one you have to really look for. I mean, they don't really give that one to you. Um, it's not a given like a big name like, you know, Martin Luther King, but like. Esther Jones is Betty Boop, guys. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. That's a real thing. Um, side, a little bit of side trivia. Do you know who did her voice? <laughs> for Betty Boop? Yeah. Um, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Uh, okay. Is is it... Um, who's the lady that plays Rose? Betty, Betty White? White. Is it Betty White? It's not. <laughs> Is it the it same lady is. that does uh, uh, Minnie Mouse? Uh, oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, it's very similar. Um, it is uh, the great aunt from Christmas Vacation. The one who, you know, her husband, uh, you know, lit his hair on fire or whatever. <laughs> that that little old woman. That's the she, voice of Betty. She's the voice of Betty Boop? Yeah. So when you that's watch awesome. that movie again, you'll hear it because she talks just like Betty Poop. Oh, man. That's one of those things you can't unhear now. Yeah. <laughs> Spe- speaking of that and side side note from that. So we we brought I brought up Minnie Mouse. Um, mm-hmm. You've you've seen The Simpsons, Tyler, right? Everyone, everyone listening. You've all seen The Simpsons, right? I'm right. seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of head nodding. Um, Martin <laughs> Prince. Martin, you know, Martin, he's the nerd on The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same- the scientist. With the glasses and teeth? no, no, the the little kid, the little kid Martin. Oh, the oh, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Minnie Mouse, the character that that originally voiced Minnie Mouse, 
played Mar- uh is the voice actor for Martin. Really? Try on hearing that, man. Try on hearing that. Yeah, and she just passed away and they said that, you know, now they need to see who's going to voice the character. Wow. Isn't that crazy? She was like an old lady playing Martin. I, I guess you pull dude. Nancy Cartwright's going to be playing Bart by the time she's 89, 890. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I heard I saw a newer episode and Marge's voice is like, dude, it's hard to make that gravelly voice. And you can just tell it's like taking uh, a, a toll on the pipes, man. Really? Yeah. You need to see like one of the newer episodes. Like, seriously. Um, Poor Julie okay, Kavner. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, back to Black History Month. Black back back to Black History Month. We brought up Martin Luther King. Um, you can't you can't bring up Black History Month without Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And in that order, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, he was a Baptist minister and a social rights activist in the United States in the nineteen fifties and sixties. He was a leader of American civil rights movement. He organized a number of peaceful protests as a as head of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference including the March on Washington in 1963. He sought to raise the public consciousness of racism racism, uh, to end racial discrimination and segregation in the United States. While his goal was racial equality, King plotted out a series of smaller objectives that involved local grassroots campaigns for equal rights for uh, for African Americans. Um, Martin Luther King is, is a legend, dude. That guy's you know, larger than life. Oh, of course. What's, what's crazy is, and this is something, I think this is something people appreciate and you can only appreciate this with age. He was younger than us, Tyler. We're, you know, me and Tyler are 32. He was younger than us when he was starting all of this, when he was already a household name, he was younger than us, dude. That's, that's crazy. Isn't that that's, crazy? When that's, you, when, that's incredible. When you think about, you know, okay, you know, dumbass Eric plays like video games. Like Martin Luther King was like leading a civil rights movement. And he was younger than I am. <laughs> He's a history maker at that point. <laughs> he was a history maker when I was, you know, you know, microwaving a burrito, f- you know, for breakfast, like and cleaning up the vomit in your first apartment <laughs> and, and cleaning up the vomit on my first apartment. Martin Luther King was, <laughs> was already making a, a massive impact still felt t- till today. Oh, you yeah. know, there's there's statues of the man. His ch- his children are still alive. It just really puts things into perspective, and I think that's something you can't you can't appreciate without being the age to appreciate that. So, for all the younger people listening, do something with your lives. Like, do something, make change, be mm-hmm. great, be good for the, better. for the better. Yeah, don't make change as an asshole. Like that's easy enough, and you're you're no one's fucking hero just being an asshole out there making change. Yeah. It's been done. <laughs> It's, yes, it's been tried and done and put yeah. it to rest. For real, put a fork in that one. Yeah. Um, so where Martin Luther King did the more peaceful approach, um, you know, another person you can't, you can't bring up, uh, you can't bring up Black History Month and, and leave out, and that is Malcolm X. Um, Malcolm X was a minister. He was a human rights activist and prominent uh, black nationalist leader. Who served as a spokesman for the national? Uh, I'm sorry, for the Nation of Islam during the 1950s and 60s. Due largely to his efforts, the Nation of Islam grew from a mere 400 members at the time he was released from prison in 1952 to 40,000 members by 1960. Um, he he also, you know, huge, huge, huge for the movement. Huge, huge. 
Um, he famously said uh, Martin Luther King is waiting for people's acceptance, uh, whereas Malcolm X is, you know, not waiting for people's acceptance to be treated equally as a person. Um, he he was far more aggressive in his approach. Um, Martin Luther King, you know, was was also an activist, but you know, felt that words could go farther than than violence. Whereas you know, Malcolm X didn't share that same sentiment. Pen um, is but, mightier than the sword. Pen, pen is pen turned out to be mightier than the sword. Uh, both of them did huge, huge, huge things. There's neither one of them I would say is a bad guy or you know had a you know bad uh, intention. They both you know made made massive, massive, massive gains for for the movement. I, I really, I really have to say that, right, Tyler? Yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Just very, very different approaches. Um. One one more person I wanted to bring up. This wasn't this wasn't an, an easy one to find, but there's a person I I'm in love with. This person I think they're brilliant. This is one of those people that really. This is one of those people that I I don't know how to explain it, but this is one of those people that you listen to, and I feel like you get smarter just listening to the person. Um, his name is James Arthur Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has it's is it a movie, Tyler? What is it? Well, it was originally a novel, and then it became a a movie. So, so I can't remember, but it it is streaming on currently right now on Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime. Um, I'm still a little bit uncomfortable saying the title. I'll say it. Yeah, please. All right, it is called "I Am Not Your Negro." Yeah. So, so it is by James Arthur Baldwin. Uh, he was a novelist. He was a playwright. He was a poet. He was an activist. This. This a very is a f- famous novel. Very, very famous. He's a phenomenal thinker. Like, I, I don't know how else to word it. This is a person that like once in a, in, in a lifetime, you'll, you'll even be um, lucky enough to know of a person like this. I'm, I'm, I'm better as a person for knowing that this person existed and having heard or read or seen any word he, he has ever said. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think- throw heaps of praise on this person. Is it? I I think this was him. He never wrote another book after that because he 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 thought that he just kind of did it succinctly in the first one. I think. I, I I don't know that, but uh, but that's that's to his character. That's absolutely to his character. He doesn't. He didn't waste words. He said everything. He, he, it's almost like he had the ability to freeze time, because he was such a well worded person that it seemed like everything he said was was planned um and that that just you know shows to his brilliance because me even me i i get a lot of um and uh and stuttering and you know mumbling he was a brilliant person if anyone has a chance to see i am not your negro like please 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 watch it uh please read any of his works please check out any of his novels any of his plays any of his poetry his name is james arthur baldwin i i can't say enough good things oh yeah He's, let's see. Oh, it's actually based on an unfinished manuscript called "Remember This House." That—that's what that one is about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was unfinished. Interesting. Yeah, and he wrote a lot of uh, other novels. One of which was uh, "If Beale Street Could Talk." It didn't translate <laughs> well to a movie, but but I'm sure it's phenomenal. Um, 
I, these I, again, two I, white boys were not fans. <laughs> no, seeing it in the theater, you know, Tyler, when it ended, we just looked at each other and we're like, okay. I, I don't think we were the right audience. I don't think we understood it. I, I guess that we, we did not understand it. That's yeah, the that, only thing I could think of. That absolutely could have been. Um, yeah. On a little bit of a heavier yeah. note, I, I wanted to bring up something that, you know, just like so many other other instances in in history, a lot of things are swept under the rug. And I imagine sometimes it's out of shame. Sometimes it's out of uh, just m- malice even. But some things, you know, to be swept under the rug, I think are criminal not to know. Um, we both went to the public school system. And this is something neither of us ever, ever had had encountered. Uh, when I brought this up to Tyler, you know, he told me, he's like, I have no idea what that is. And, you know, I also had no idea what this is. The first time I heard about it um, was in a song by a rapper. Uh, his name is The Game. And what he's what he brought up was Black Wall Street. Um, I, I had to do some homework about this. This is something I wish I would have known earlier. Uh, let me tell you all about Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street in 1921... Tulsa, Oklahoma's Greenwood District, known as Black Wall Street, was one of the most prosperous African-American communities in the United States. But on May 31st of that year, the Tulsa Tribune reported that a black man, Dick Rowland, attempted to rape a white woman, Sarah Page. Whites in the area refused to wait for an investigative process to play out, sparking two days of unprecedented racial violence. Now, now, please, please listen to the magnitude of what happened here. 35 city blocks went up in flames. 300 people died. 800 people were injured. Defense of white female virtue was the express motivation for the collective racial violence. The creation of the powerful black community known as Black Wall Street was intentional. In 1906, O.W. Gurley a wealthy African-American from Kansas moved to Tulsa and purchased over 40 acres of land that he made sure was sold only to other African-Americans, writes Christina Montford in the Atlanta Black Star. Gurley provided an opportunity for those migrating from the harsh oppression of Mississippi. The average income of black families in that area exceeded what the minimum wage is today. As a result of segregation, a dollar circulated 36 to 100 times and remained in Greenwood almost a year before leaving. Even more impressive at that time, the state of Oklahoma only had two airports, yet six black families owned their own planes. Um, this this was massive. Basically what Black Wall Street is, for anyone that, that needs a summation of that, uh, Black Wall Street was an area that, that was basically by blacks, for blacks, um, they wanted really to invest in themselves. They said the United States kind of turned, you know, a blind eye to us. We're being segregated against. We're being discriminated against. They built this, com- this they built, they built a community. They built a town. They built a city. They built a, a ecosystem. And yep. basically, they would buy from one another. They would sell to one another. They kept business between them. Um, right in, you know. Right, right there, you know, right, right in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, they, they, they basically had a thriving city and they did very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, say that, that that's what really instigated the riots is, you know, the, the people of the time, the white people of the time weren't having it. They didn't like that they were prospering. Um, 
it it was really really flourishing and yeah you, you know black wall street was was ended it was basically put to an end 35 city blocks set on fire it's massive um there's there's a lot more to say about it i just wanted to you know really touch on it because it's something that that a lot of people you know has been left underneath a stone and and a lot of people have never seen or heard about it so it's called black wall street um what do you what do you think tyler it's ridiculous that it was never taught. I mean, it's yeah, this has come up recently, uh, I guess, in news and stuff. Uh, but yeah, before this, you know, last couple months, never heard of this thing. This whole I mean, this historical event. And it's, yeah. you know, it's it's just God. Why, why can't white people just give it up? I mean, we're all people. I mean, we're all the same damn people. I, I, you know, and just, I think I. I yeah, that's that's the that's the underlying you know theme of this episode. It's it's really really we're all people. Absolutely. And now, absolutely. I mean, we I, I like then and now. I mean, we all need we really do need each other. I mean, again, it seems like the world's going to hell <laughs> right now again. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's just like guys, come on, can't can't we all just be together? Can't we all you know the famous saying, we all just get along. Yeah. It's not gonna hurt. It's not gonna hurt anybody. So, you know, just touching, touching what Tyler just said, the can't we all just get along? That was said by Rodney King, right? Oh, yeah. So, um, Rodney King, whoever doesn't know, uh, was a person in 1991 in Los Angeles that was pulled over. Simi. Uh, uh, was it in Simi? In the Simi Valley. Simi Valley was where the, where the court, uh, proceeding was where I don't think it was there. He wasn't pulled over in Sydney. No, no, no. He was pulled over in L.A. The reason oh, did they the re- they want the that, trial in they CME brought the trial was... to see me because it was it. it was all white. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But but this is this is a fun fact and this is a little bit of insight here. Um, so he was pulled over. He was a black man. He was pulled over. He was pulled out of his car. Um, he was beaten to a freaking pulp by you know a group of of you know you know officers. I think it was four mm-hmm. or five officers. They just freaking broke everything in him. Um, and it was on tape. Very unluckily for them. It was on tape. Someone, someone very recorded hard to this. Watch tape. Very hard to watch tape. Um, uh, uh, just moving sideways parallel to that real quick. We came to this country. My, my family, my family, you know, my, my mom, my dad, my brother and myself, we came to this country two or three months before this happened. Yikes. Escaping the Gulf War in, in, in the Middle East. So we had just come here. And when you come to California, where do you go? Los Angeles, because that's the big name that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. So here we are, 1991, escaping the Gulf War, air raid sirens, night, night and day, came here and, you know, it was the, the LA riots. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. Yeah, welcome. Does your welcome. brother remember that? Um, he not we were young. I mean, he was he was 5 and I was 3. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the magnitude of it. What I remember, even being 3 years old, what I remember is we weren't allowed to go outside. Mm-hmm. We were not allowed to go outside. I remember my dad uh this is probably from stories that I heard because I don't remember this, you know, in detail obviously, but I remember my dad would take the bus. We didn't have a car. And, you know, just seeing madness in the streets and just just wild. Just wild. 
Um, but yeah, that was that was you know the 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 you know welcome we had to the United States. But Rodney King, you know he got he got wrecked. He got wrecked, and then you know in the ultimate slap to the face when they had the trial for for the the police officers who beat him on tape. Mm-hmm. They had this trial in Simi Valley, which is another city that has nothing to do with Los Angeles. That has a completely different demographic. This is a large. It's out of the county, right? It's, it's out of the. Out it's of the Ventura county. county, man. It's it's a different yeah. county. It's in a ninety plus percent white area. Um, they took the trial over there, and you know, all four officers were acquitted of any wrongdoing, which is what sparked the the outrage, rightfully so, and. That's what really sparked, um, you know, just just massive, you know, riots, massive craziness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's Rodney King, and and you know they they approached him because you know of the riots, and and he very famously said, uh, you know, there's now a lot of killing, there's a lot of bloodshed, there's a lot of rioting. Can't we all just get along? So even someone like that that was done a massive injustice was that big of a person that even he said, Hey guys, calm down, you know, turn down the fire, you know, let's, let's, let's talk. Let's get past this. So I think even someone that was done that grave of an injustice to come out like that, I think it's, it's really uh, motivating and, and we should all take, you know, an example from that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That is, that is a, that is a line again, engraved in history. It is absolutely that, that will I don't think that will ever leave the uh the consciousness. That I'm sure it's in history books at this point. It has to be. It has to it be. It has to be. Um so, you Black know, Wall Street want... isn't, but that saying is Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm I'm glad at least at least, you know, Rodney King made it in there. Um just a few athletes and musicians, you know, that that really made a difference. Um I'm gonna name a few, Tyler, you name a few if you have any. Um, mm-hmm. so athletes, of course, you know, Michael Jordan is going to be on, on everyone's, uh, uh, Mount Rushmore, right? It's yeah. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Muhammad Ali, Magic Johnson, uh, Joe Lewis, Shaquille O'Neal, Jesse Owens, Jackie Robinson. These are just a handful that I, you know, just pulled Kareem? out. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you see? Yeah, of course, man. There's so, so many, man. Mm-hmm. Um, these these are all huge names, man. These are all huge, huge names. They're Jim so Brown, ve- Jim Brown, Venus and Serena Williams. I mean, oh my god, yeah, right. I mean, Venus and Serena Williams changed everything. I mean, they made tennis exciting. You know, not since Andre Andre Agassi was there a reason to watch <laughs> uh, tennis until Venus and Serena Williams came in and started crushing Dominated. men and women. Yeah. I think till today, I mean, they're they're freaking monsters, dude. They're they just no one does it like that. They're beasts, man. Yeah, yeah. She's uh. They're they're both. I who's the one that does all the commercials? Which one is that? Is that Serena? I think it's Serena. I, I to their own right. I think they both are very, very, very active and very, very marketable. They they're they're both yeah. always doing things, man. Um, but they're just they're just monsters. They're on another league. I mean, with all respect, they're they're absolute beasts, man. Venus and Serena Williams. But there's so so many athletes, you know. Uh, yeah. LeBron James, even you know, um, oh, of course, Mike Tyson. I mean, these are quite the, the businessman. Pro- Who's that? LeBron, LeBron James. James. Oh, absolutely, gotcha. absolutely. Yeah, everything he throws his name behind gets massive. I remember um, he threw his name behind a pizza company. Which one was it? I think it was uh, Papa John's. 
Is no, it dude, it was like pyology or one of those, man. Oh. Right, right when it was taking off, he put his name, he put his endorsement on it, and that thing just blew up. Mm. I mean, now that's the face jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which honestly, <laughs> I mean, dude, can't they leave Space Jam alone? Like, Space Jam with Michael Jordan, and I think that's me and you. Just because it was our childhood, we're gonna be like yeah. rough on it. But you know, I'm still gonna give it a chance, man. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. And I then, mean, uh, yeah, we're both gonna see it. It's all. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah of course, yeah. We could talk shit, but you know, you're gonna sit there, like you know, you're gonna sit and watch it. I don't care what you say, and don't tell me otherwise, man. Yeah. As far as musicians, <laughs> this list took forever. I just, you know, I couldn't stop, man. When I started, it did not stop. Uh, How far back did you go? So, so that's the problem, man. Like, as I went back, I'm like, you know what? If I just copy and paste this entire list, it would be correct. But I didn't want to do that. I just had to pull, you know, I went every five name, every five name, because everyone on there is a hit maker, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking, and this is, again, you'll see, because I did that, you'll see a lot of uh, people that, you know, those two names would never go side to side. Right. Um, Aretha Franklin, massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prince, rest in peace. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Wonder, Whitney Houston, Nat King Cole, Kendrick Lamar. Um, side note, Kendrick Lamar, I think, is my favorite rapper right now. This guy is, has been for years. He just he just does it different, man. Like, that guy's so talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye West too. He's the mad scientist of rap, man. Like this guy is is not right in the head sometimes, but this guy. That's the perfect way to describe him. Did you make that up? I I that's I never heard it before. That's just how I think about him. That's perfect. Yeah, he's 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 a genius. I mean, I want anyone to tell me otherwise. I will I will fight with anyone that tells me otherwise. Kanye West is a genius. He is. He is, man. Like, you know, he does things different, but the guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, B.B. Uh, King, which, another fun fact. When I was a kid, and, you know, I was a kid in the 90s. I had no business listening to this. B.B. King was, like, my favorite for years. Yep. For years. And I was, like, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old telling my mom, can you put on the B.B. King CD again? Like, I love B.B. King. Mm-hmm. Tupac. With Lucille? With Lucille, his guitar. Oh, oh, his guitar. Right, right, right. I was thinking. I don't know why. I thought. I don't know why. When you said it, Lucy Ball went went into my head. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Oh no, <laughs> I, I have no idea why that went into my head. That has nothing to do with any. I'm sorry. Can we can we go back and delete this? this, this, this no, 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 no. We're, we're leaving that in. That's staying uh, in. We don't re- edit this shit anyway. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and you can tell. Um, <laughs> Tupac, uh, Notorious B.I.G. Another another amazing blues jazz uh, person is Muddy Waters. Uh, oh, Louis God, Arm- yeah. Yeah, man. Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snoop Dogg. I had to put in there. Common, who is a, both a singer and an actor. I love his music, man. Yeah. Um, Common, Common is like a rap activist. Like Common is, is epic, dude. I love that guy. And finally, there's so many more. Like, seriously, this list, I cut it to pieces like i really did a hack job from hell over here because there's so many more um i i, I put nwa oh well yeah i mean they they kind of started I, not rap but i mean they kind of they were part of the whole gangster rap culture then they, yeah. they kind of took that off the ground got it off yeah. the ground 
Yeah, especially you know for West Coast, they, they established they the West Coast. Uh, yeah, gangster rap. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to tell people the our our straight out of Compton story? Oh, on the way there. Yeah, when we were on the way there. Uh, I think you may have said told this already, but we were on our way to uh, see Straight Outta Compton in the movie theater back when we could do that. Mm-hmm. And the, for whatever reason, the entire time, like driving for like twenty minutes, Eric had like the most. Intense, it was more than twenty minutes. It was. It we was went a fit <laughs> from from Ontario, California, which is an hour and a half to two hours from Ontario, California, to Northridge, California. Mm-hmm. I had hiccups the entire car ride. <laughs> and and the the big ones too, not the ones you can hold in. The the big <gasps> yeah, you know that those. the entire time. Yeah, and it, it got to be a lot after a while. <laughs> so <laughs> the, as we pull into, I think the driveway. I I turned to Eric and I said, Eric, I guarantee you, by the time that movie starts, your hiccups will be gone. <laughs> and said it a little more intensely. And within yeah. thirty seconds, those hiccups literally gone. It was incredible. Yeah. Tyler scared the hell out of me. You know, they say that you have to be spooked to be to lose your hiccups. Like Tyler just looked at me and he's like, you're going to you're going to stop those hiccups by the time we get in there. I guarantee it. <laughs> and, and and for a man who's very short and has a Napoleon complex, that I felt very powerful at that moment. Oh, I was terrified. <laughs> I was I still, you know, thinking back about it today. I, I again lost my hiccups right now. You know, it was, <laughs> that's a, that's a true story. Um. Tyler, Mr. Media, you'll help me with this one. I I looked in and they said these are movies that you absolutely have to see with, you know, any type of black lead, black narrative. Um, These were these movies and I'm sure you'll have things to add or say to it. Um, The first one is Hidden Figures. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that. I was recent. It was recent. Um, 12 Years a Slave. That's a tough one. That is Uh, a tough one to watch. Boys in the Hood. Oh God, yeah. I saw that when I was so young, man. Like I had no business. Another one at, the, at a yeah. young age. I had no business watching it at a young age, and I rewatched it. That's a phenomenal movie. Like I had no business seeing it when I saw it. No, your, your uh, poor little mind back then. I'm t- dude. I'm a fucked up person now. You know, Deer Hunter, uh, Boys in the Hood. Jeez. Yeah. Casino. Casino. Yeah. Um, The Color Purple. Yeah. That's that book is I I have to say is so much better than the movie. If you've not read the book, highly recommended. Okay. Um, and I'll put it this way: it's a minor spoiler. It's written in a diary form, but y- you've seen the movie, right? Color Purple. Yeah, with, it, with Danny Glover and all that. Yeah. So you know the uh, the Whoopi Goldberg character. You know how she becomes more and more educated as the movie goes on. Yes. That's how the writing is in the book. It's very broken English, but as the book goes on, it's more and more. It's proper English as it goes on. It's it's that's um, awesome. It's brilliantly written. That's brilliantly progression, written. man. That's that's yeah. character progression. Shit, it's an amazing book. Um, Shaft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, the, I'm the OG like, Shaft. The OG these are all Shaft. The movies yeah. that they said, man. Um, uh, yeah. Coming to America. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, coming to America Two is coming out. I'm very, very, very That's looking forward to coming to America. Yeah, the number two, yeah. uh, which I hope the movie doesn't turn out to be. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Lean on me. Oh, go- oh yeah. I I really like that one. That's with Morgan Freeman one. as the principal, right? Mm-hmm. 
it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a true story. Dude. Yep, that it is. Lee Daniels, the butler. Did you ever see that one? I did. Is it good? You never saw it? No, never it's, got around it's, to it. It's it's really good, dude. It's another one, dude. That's a true story, man. Okay. Yeah. Who who was he? Was that a president? One of the presidents? So that he was serving. Yes. Yeah. He ended. Up, yeah. He ended up serving for Barack Obama. But he was oh, there it's based before on that man. Yeah, dude. On that. Oh, I didn't realize that was based on that man. He just died. Oh, yeah, see that movie? Yeah, dude. Uh, Forrest uh, Whitaker plays the main character. It's crazy, oh dude. God. It's very, very good. Tyler, go watch it, man. Is Oprah in that one? Is that the one she's in? I, I want to say yes, but I can't remember definitively. But I, I want to say yes. But Lee Daniels, the Butler, Tyler, you have to see it, dude. Oh, interesting. Um, the other one, this one, Tyler, I'm so happy. You know, Tyler's the one that, that showed me this movie. It was huge and I was going to see it anyway, but I remember seeing it at Tyler's house. Uh, Django. Oh, Django Unchained. Yeah. Oh, okay. You gotta, you gotta be specific with that though. Django Unchained. Because I mean, because Django is a whole unofficial franchise unto itself. The, it's the original Django was a, a white man. Wait, is so that the, the whole, coffin movie? It's the coffin. Exactly. It's the coffin movie. That was the original Django. And then um, Django had a ton of unofficial sequels. Everyone just used the name Django. And then that's why it's sign of the, uh, it's an homage to those movies. What, why is it Django. called that then? Why is it called Django or why is Django Unchained called that specifically? Why? Like what? What is what is Django? Like why? Why is there so many things called Django? Why did they? You know, why did he write the? Why did he write that name? Why did uh, Quentin Tarantino continue with that? Just because I mean, it's like in in like the Grindhouse, especially in the Grindhouse movies in the seventies. Just all these like Italian filmmakers were just using the title Django because the original Django movie was a huge hit. It was kind of like a knockoff Clint Eastwood kind of western. So they just were keeping that kind of style alive using the title Django. So so with this, uh, Tarantino was doing, you know, sort of a, a slave epic, but in sort of that Django cowboy world. Okay. So that so, that's kind of where that comes from. But the original Django, that one is yeah. the coffin one? Correct. Yeah. Did okay. we watch that? We didn't. You told me about it. Oh, okay. Oh, good. I spoiled the end for you. Is it good? Uh, it's great. It's a great movie. It's probably the best knockoff of any of those Clint Eastwood westerns. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, and that and that guy that plays Django is actually in Django Unchained for a scene. Really? If you rem- if you remember, um, it's actually the most disturbing scene in the movie. But when you know when he goes to Calvin Caddy's house and the two guys are are fighting, like to the death. Remember that scene? Yes. Um, so Django, uh, Jamie Foxx's Django is at the bar and he's talking to that bearded man, you know, what's your name, Django? That's the original actor that played Django. Oh, no way, dude. You see, and this is why it's good to watch movies with Tyler. (laughs) Just talk through the whole thing. Yeah, but there's a lot to learn, man. Um, the final movie they had on the list, uh, was The Pursuit of Happiness. I never saw that one either. That's Will Smith. You've never seen The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? No. Is there a reason? No, just never got around to that one. Oh my god, Tyler. Like, watch The Pursuit of Happiness, man. 
Is that with his son or a little boy? That's with yeah. his son, yeah. Oh my god, Tyler. There's a scene in that movie that's gonna make you cry like a baby, dude. Like I'm not gonna give it away, but it's it's at a it's at a subway station. Like Oh you, boy. Oh my god, man. You're you're gonna cry. I don't care, man. You're gonna cry like a baby, man. Oh, all right. That's yeah, um, I don't like emotion. So yeah, those those are the movies. Tyler, are there any other movies that that, that you would recommend? think uh feel kind of unprepared i'm embarrassed it's a, i mean that's a very diverse there's no reason to feel unprepared i said i would get that part but i was just you know I, I don't don't knock tyler for that one seriously guys like i i told tyler i was going to be on top of that one so that's completely on me it's a diverse list i mean you have everything from hidden figures to the color purple to you know lean on me i mean if you want to really talk about game changers i mean talk about the like the oeuvre of spike lee i mean especially his first movies you know, you got um, uh, you, you got Jungle. I think Jungle Fever is one of the more intense ones. You have Crooklyn, mm. uh, but the one the Spike Lee movie. I don't remember if we watched this. Did you? Did we ever watch Bamboozled? No, but that's the one with blackface and stuff, right? I've seen yes. the cover of that movie. It is an incredibly unsettling satire, but I mean, it's still a, a Criterion actually just put it out, and I rewatched it. It hits you right in the fucking gut. But you know what? It's unfortunate, but it's still true. Everything in that movie is still true. It wow. really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is the broadest of satires, but it's very poignant and it it's very smart. So. Well, I want to ask you a question and I don't mean to be controversial. And, and again, you know, I wasn't even going to bring it up, but I was just going to ask you like, are, are black exploitation movies, is it, is it an offensive genre? I mean, what is the reason they have those movies? No. Like like a movie like Oz or I'm Gonna Get You or what's the other one? Like they, you know, they have like a whole series of them. And again, I don't mean to be offensive. You're talking about I'm Gonna Get You Sucker? Is that yeah. the one you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I just wanted to bend your ear on it. Like, well, I have you. You are Mr. Media. So you're the person to ask about these things. Are they made with intent to be offensive? Or what's, no. what's the reason they make a movie like Oz? Because, wait, wait, what is Oz? The the Michael Jackson one, what's it called? Oh, that yeah, uh, that's um the Wiz, the Wiz, the Wiz. I'm sorry. Um, it no, those originally were made for black audiences because, uh, the black population was you know, uh, th- there wasn't any really movies for them. It was all with white people. I mean, all of them. And okay. so finally, here was a, a niche genre that they they could go in and it showed kind of their experience, I guess, even though it was exploitation and kind of overdid everything. But yeah, I mean, you you look at um, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song that I think kickstarted the whole thing. Then you move on to Superfly, you got Shaft, you got all of the uh, amazing Pam Greer movies. Um, you have... Uh, uh, oh my god what just uh, it just escaped my mind uh oh um uh dolomite you know we had last year we had eddie murphy right. playing rudy ray moore who did the dolomite movies which are great when you're stoned uh but yeah <laughs> they were they they flocked to these because they they actually loved these movies and that's why so many of them are still beloved to this day and so, so many of them had the most amazing soundtracks too, so, so so it isn't it isn't it isn't offensive right like the whiz like it's i i i i'm i don't mean to sound ignorant i've never seen it is I it don't is it a shot for shot 
I don't no, I don't think The Wiz is necessarily a black exploitation movie. It is an adaptation with uh, a, a different style per se. Like the black exploitation was kind of taking the the inv- the actual environments that mm-hmm. maybe they lived in and exploiting something either drugs, prostitution, uh, police brutality, that kind of thing, and sort of heightening that. So that's kind of like what Superfly did was um, more of like the gangster thing. Same like with Shaft. Sweet, Sweet Back, like Shaft. Uh, Pam Greer was taking down drug pushers and prostitution. That it's that kind of stuff. Okay, but were they, were they big? Like were they big productions though, Tyler? Like no, that's they were they were all low budget, but made a very healthy profit. Right on, and and yeah. and there's there is a following, and it's not an offensive thing to say the word black exploitation, right? No, no, no. It's it's, an, I think it's an official unofficial genre at this point. Okay, because I mean, I, there's tons of books word, written. Yeah, the word doesn't sound nice, you know. Like it's it, you know, unless you know what it is. But to say black exploitation, it's the exploitation of 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 black. You know, it's it doesn't sound pretty. You know, it's that's not why, offensive. That's why I was tiptoeing. I'll tell you why. I t- in college, I took a media course about um, uh, was it a black exploitation class? It was a black media class, but they focused a lot on black exploitation. And our female, uh, lovely African American teacher had us watch Superfly and write a report on it. And it was what, what a great assignment! Really, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was a great class. She was she was super badass. I loved her. A uh, hard, yeah. hard teacher, but yeah, she was great. Really, right great. on, man. Right yeah. on. No, thank you, thank you for that. I was, you know, I was tiptoeing around it, and I was like, you know what? We're on the topic. Oh, if, we gotta if bring anyone's it gonna be, if anyone's gonna be ignorant, let me ask the stupid questions so none of you guys have to ask. Now we have the answer from Tyler from Mister Media himself. He gave us the pass. Um, Tyler, do you have a kind of karma for us? I do. Um, so this week's kind of karma is based around a, uh, woman named Marie Van Britten Brown, uh, lived with her husband in Queens, New York, uh, and pretty much was very unsatisfied with, uh, how, uh, police response was to her area was she did not live in a good area at that time. It was not a good area at the time. Um, and crime was ex- extremely high and she could not get a proper police response. So what she did was with her um, uh, electronic engineer husband created the first security system uh, with with cameras. It was cameras outside that you saw uh, and had a television set up in the home. And it also had a burglar alarm that would go straight to the police department she patented this in 1966, or she filed the patent in 66, and it got approved in 69. Um, it's not exactly a kind of karma, but I like that the fact that she went out of her way to kind of stick it to the police, you know, for right. the way I originally heard the story not too long ago was that the police were ignoring her and her husband and that community because of, unfortunately, because of their race. So she in a way wanted to kind of improve things, show them up and just feel safe. And so what she did, she created the first um, real security system. One that we, I mean, for God's sake, look at the ring cameras. Uh, yeah. I mean, she birthed all of that. She birthed all of that. And what I was reading here is that 
although they patented this, they never really went out of their way to sort of dominate the business. So mm-hmm. it kind of just, in a way, kind of let people have it. Like the, everyone could have this. And I, I thought that was great. Uh, that that's was awesome, cool. man. That's awesome. What did they say always? Necessity is the mother of invention. And, that's you know, there's right. a problem and there's a solution. And that's awesome, man. That's yeah. really awesome. She's a, she's a, um, and she, she let her husband have a uh, co-credit on the patent. So that was nice too. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. He's got, hell he's yeah. got the uh, secondary credit. Which is good. Awesome. I, I, whatever. I mean, I mean, that's, that's really cool that they did that together. Yeah. Um, I was going back and forth on if I was going to do a what the Florida or not only because this is such like a, a, a real topic and this is such, you know, I wanted to, I, I kind of want to give it to you guys. Like Tyler, is it okay if I do it? Yeah, let's do it. I don't. I mean, I don't want it to be in bad taste, but I know some people really like this segment. I've been getting a lot of feedback. People love the "What the Florida" segment, and I, you know, it's lighthearted. Let's let's go out, you know, with something funny. So, "What the Florida," with all of your permission, please. Um, what the Florida? Uh, Florida man charged with breach of peace after allegedly threatening to unleash a turtle army on the public, yes. disrupting a police station, and cursing at Seven Eleven customers. Yes, Thomas Lane, sixty-one of. Indy Atlantic, Indy, India Atlantic, is that right? India Atlantic was charged sure. with breach of peace and misusing nine one one and resisting an officer without violence, according to Bre- <laughs> according to Brevard County Sheriff's Office and News thirteen. Lane was charged. Lane was arrested after reports that he made multiple threats at various locations along the boardwalk of India Atlantic. Uh, near Melbourne Beach, allegedly calling himself the saint and threatening people by saying his turtle army will destroy them all. <laughs> and that is what the Florida. You see, I, if you see Tyler's ah, giggling, and I hope you're all laughing too. I, I love hope it. You, I hope you all learned something. Um, was he shell shocked by the end? Yes. Oh, boom. Uh, yeah, really. I, I hope you all learned something. I hope. I hope this has opened anyone's eyes to anything. Um, there's a lot, a lot we left out. There's so much to say and we have, you know, a little bit over an hour to say it. So, you know, we don't want to make anyone bored out of their mind or feel like we're lecturing. Um, what about a song of the day, Tyler? What do you have for us, man? We have the amazing song Street Life by the Crusaders. I don't know. You've, you've heard this at some point in your life. If it doesn't ring a bell off the bat, um, I'll I'll have to look into that. There's actually, it's interesting because the background vocals are uh, sung by a woman named Randy Crawford. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was uncredited on their original version. A, a couple of years later, she re-recorded the song with her as the main vocals, became a massive hit. The Crusaders, unfortunately, kind of dissolved a few years after Street Life debuted, but her career exploded after that so it's kind of How a weird that was your kind of karma man what the hell she just won. I, know, I know well it, it kind of sucks that the crusaders kind of went out because they were a great jazz band but um yeah but they disrespected her and she got her fucking vengeance man yeah I, it's funny how that worked out but what do you got um mine is by the very very talented louis armstrong um it's not his song but he did a cover of it it's one of my favorite songs it's called La Vie and Rose. L A V I E E N Rose. La Vie Rose. Okay. 
La Vie en Rose. You've heard this song. It's it's da na 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 na. You've heard that, right? Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine that on a French horn and and in tune. You know. Oh yeah yeah <laughs> I, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. So so I I love that song, man. I love that song. Um, I I really hope I really hope we didn't offend anyone. I really hope we we did uh you know our little bit of justice to to all the amazing people to Black History Month. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think we did. I think we were. I think we we covered this well. I think this this. I, well. I hope so. Yeah. Um. So this was episode twenty one. For episode twenty two, I have a plan. I have a plan. Um. I don't want to get too much into it, but episode twenty two and twenty three are going to be something very special, very interesting. I hope. Um. Twenty two is going to be centered around our dear friend, Mister Media himself, Tyler. Oh. And I am not giving more details, but come back for episode 22 because it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what all the electrodes on the chair are for. <laughs> oh, you noticed that? Oh, yeah, I was wondering, uh, since episode 5, what, what all this shit is. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's it for us. Um, happy Black History Month. Um, yes, happy Black yeah. History Month. Happy Black History Month. Come back for episode 22. It's going to be fucking wild. Uh-oh. All right. (laughs) Bye, everyone.